0: Here he is, your host, Jim Irvin.
1: You know, when you have fun doing something and it's so much fun that you just don't want it to end, you go ahead and you record another episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, sir. Welcome to Time Signatures. I'm your host, Jim Irvin. Along with me, this is episode number two, and we are recording in a super secret location, it's uh, Casa de Malone. Yes, sir. And uh, it is in the only Eaton Rapids on Earth, and I don't g- often get to uh, say that, so I like to throw that out there. <laughs> and uh, pardon, pardon the echo of the of the kitchen area a little bit in dining area. I'm a firm believer in, that when I started doing this, any incidental sounds that are involved are just going to be there. Like for example, in episode one, Lisa knocked over a glass just as we got <laughs> going. <laughs> And she's hiding her face over there. <laughs> I hope she doesn't throw something at me. Nice, honey. <laughs> Bill Maloney, it is a pleasure to have you back oh, for session number two, man. Thank you so much for having me. This is an honor. Appreciate that. The honor is mine, though. I have to be honest with you. And we had a lot of fun talking about the early years and, and getting involved in the music and the inspiration and people that uh, that taught you along the way. But this episode here, we're going to talk a little bit more about the current uh, the more recent past, and, uh, and what you're doing in the future. Because um, as everyone knows, or as most people know, in the greater Lansing area, the Root Doctor Band uh, uh, disbanded uh, about two and a half years ago. But we're going to talk about that. So playing as part of the Root Doctor Band must have been an absolute thrill for you. How did that opportunity present itself?
2: Oh, man, this was coming to Lansing. You know, Root Doctor was the god's. I would go to the green door and, you know, when I can squeeze in back in those days because the lines were literally around both corners. That's crazy. So, you know, you wait an hour and a half to try to squeeze in. And this was before the green door was expanded. So they only had that one building. Wow. Uh, They hadn't bought the other building and expanded it. So, I mean, it was tight. But I would go in and watch these guys and they were so polished and just just the funkiest band I've ever heard. You know, we had talked about that earlier. You know, you said, well, who are some of the influences that I would have loved to be on stage with? Well, back then, it's like, man, I would love to play with these guys, you know. uh, I would sub any day, you know, uh, for these guys, and I would just, it was a dream. I said, man, and I would think about that and dream about that. I said, man, to be in a band like Root Doctor would be, like, my ultimate, you know, thing. And I remember um, we were playing, you know, my band, uh, the Old Town Blues Band, we were playing, and uh, Bob Gardner was my drummer. And I remember Brute Doctor had just lost their drummer, and they walked into the bar, the whole band, and I saw them, and I'm singing and playing, and I walk, and they walked in the bar I said, oh, this is not good. <laughs> and I knew right then, I said, yeah, I'm getting ready to lose my drummer, sure enough, you know, they offered him a job. Well, I, mean, I can't pay them what Rude Doctor Sure, paid, sure. You know, so he left. And three years later, we were playing. I mean, we still had an, a side project. You know, uh, myself and Mike Scory. And I remember he asked me. He said, "Well, you know, Jim Alferson and Greg Nagy were leaving the band, mm. and so they were auditioning. You know, keyboard players and and guitars." And so I guess they had a conversation about that, and Bobby said, hey, would you like to, you know, play with us? I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Are you serious? He pulled me outside of the bar. I remember we were playing the exchange, and he pulled me outside on Michigan Avenue and asked me, and I said, of course. He said, well, it's pretty much a done deal because the (laughs) band, you know, agreed to that. And, you know, years later... um, Freddie said, "You know, said, yeah, I had already, you know, chosen you." I'm like, "Well, man, this was an honor to play with the Root Doctor Band, and it was like heaven." You know, I had to play with a band of that caliber; um, it was just, you know, amazing. And then it, to do the recording, I recorded two albums with them. That was amazing.
1: So, now, which albums? You gotta share that. You gotta uh, share that. Uh,
2: joy and um, uh, New Attitude. Yes. And New Attitude, my lovely wife, she wrote six songs on that album. Oh, man. And so we, I think that was 2011, we won the best. 2013. 2013, excuse me.
1: And she made this episode too. How cool is that? We won
2: the best (laughs) um, blues album in Michigan. Wow. And the best blues song won an award, and it was a song that she wrote. Baby, you're bad. That's
1: cool. Yeah. That's so it, cool. that was
2: that was a, that was a lot of fun doing that.
1: So when you first came aboard as a member of the Root Doctor band, was it a little bit unnerving at first, or did you just kind of fall into the groove? And oh, and- i felt, well. Here's so funny.
2: I um I did my homework, man. I worked. So when when I first got the call, Marge gave me all of the CDs. There were,
0: four at that time, at that time. there were four CDs yeah.
2: and there were a DVD. Okay. So,
1: was I, this the KAR deal backstage? This was,
2: this was the Cadillac Club. Oh, Cadillac. Live, yeah, 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 live yeah. At the Cadillac Club. yeah. So I had all the material. I mean, even the yellow album, which, um, oh, golly, you know, uh, with my good buddy, late, great John Barrera on there. Um, I had all the material. So every, I get off of work. I come home, in like six hours, I I would be in the basement just woodshedding, woodshedding. I mean, hard to. I'm sweating. My fingers are bleeding learning these songs because I wanted to know every song. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though they didn't do all the songs off of every album.
1: But if they ever wanted to spring one on you. I knew
2: every song. And I remember one day Freddie came over to my house, and he walked in and walked down in the basement and didn't realize that. I was doing this, and I think that really impressed him to see that I was really woodshedding that hard to learn those songs. And, I mean, I knew the songs that they didn't even know because they didn't even do them, but I knew every single song from every single album. So it was an honor. I wasn't nervous about that, but I wanted to make sure I was on top of my game because this is the Root Dr. Man's reputation. You know, Freddie Cunningham.
1: Yeah. I mean, everywhere
2: we went, all over everybody knew Freddie Cunningham. So, you know, we have to you know, make sure that we are up to his standard, you know, because we don't want to fall short and, you know, make him look bad. And I remember Bob used to tell me, "Say, said, man, we're just background noise. It's all about Fred. <laughs> so we want to make sure that every hit is right on point, you know. So, and I would just do my homework and I, you know, I think I impressed the guys.
1: Now, I have to stop you for one minute here. Um, you mentioned the Yellow Album. Yes. Which is the only album you can't find, can't find. anywhere.
2: They're they're golly. <laughs> you know what? I think I had it was like two copies. I think uh, Scott Allman might oh, still man. have because he was the one that recorded the album. But there was yeah. I think Mars gave me her copy. She might have one. There was like two copies.
1: So here's the story. I had purchased all the CDs that they had in stock. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm sorry, a copy of each right. that they had in right. stock. There were a couple that they didn't have, a couple of the older ones. And I was able to find them on Amazon. And Marge was really impressed. She says, You found those on Amazon? And I said, wow. Yeah. The only one I can't find is the, is yellow. the yellow
2: album. <laughs> you won't find it. So
1: God bless this woman. <clears throat> she brought me a, a pen. And she said, You should stick that in your computer. I think you'll like what you find. And it was a copy of the Yellow Album on a flash drive embedded in this pen from W K A R. Oh wow! So I'm I'm not giving up hope. I'm still hoping that one day I will find a copy floating about. And I'm 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 dedicated. Okay, I know where to look. And I'm I'm trust me, when I find it, you'll know about
2: it. Oh man, yeah, that's
1: (laughs) there'll be pictures of me going.
2: I got it. Now you talk about a classic. Oh yeah, that's to me that's like
1: and it's the Doctor is in right. Oh, yeah. That's the first the one. Doctors. The man. first one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so over the course of the Root Doctor's 32-year run, there's been several variations or iterations of mm-hmm. the band.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you found that the general essence of the band was generally always intact despite the new players coming in? I mean, to me, from, from the outside looking in, that's kind of the oh, yeah. the attitude oh, that yeah. I saw.
2: Oh, yeah. It was a standard. I mean, you're playing with the Root Doctor band. You know, you had to come in, you know, be on top of your game. So you're living up to, you know, standards. um, Mm -hmm. And every variation, if you listen to them, you know, they were always right top notch from the beginning. So, you know, when I came into the band, I knew, I mean, I'm coming behind, you know, legends, you know, Greg Nagy. Oh, yeah. You know, you had to live up to, to that level. So I had to put my work in and, you know, we try to keep you know that that um, high standard. You know, as it's always been for the past 32 years. And I think we did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the the listeners would agree with you. Um, yeah. the people who have come out to your shows certainly do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch this area here. Uh, we're closing in on three years or real close to it since Root Doctor disbanded. Mm-hmm. Um, And of course, they had a phenomenal run in the greater Lansing area and throughout the state of Michigan. I would love to hear about the genesis of your new musical pursuits with Mixed Flavors and the Jack Pine Savages. Sure. And I know Freddie occasionally pops in with the Jack Pine Savages, too.
2: Sure. Um, Well, last year, I think we did all the Lansing concerts with uh, Freddie. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I never got to one of them.
2: Yeah. As a matter of fact, (laughs) we just played Cherry Creek Winery, and Freddie played with us, uh, the Jack Pine Savages. And it was... Great show. It's always a fun, you know, I mean, it's Freddie. So he can.
1: I was going to say, he's what, 76 or something like that?
2: um, Or no, he's a little older than that, isn't he? Yeah, he'll be 80 this year. He'll be
1: 80, yeah. Mm -hmm. He hasn't missed a step.
2: No, and he didn't. I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, we had such a good time. Uh, Freddie can, he's Freddie. So he can play with anybody. It doesn't matter. He's played with everybody. Once he opens up his mouth, you know, he has everybody in the palms of his hands, so he's you know just that guy. Yeah. Um, but we we've had a lot of good times, you know, with him with Jack Pine and uh, mixed flavors. It was something that um, you know just a project that I wanted to do for a while and just do something different. You know, um, I always wanted to have a funk band and do you know funk and so with the you know with the players, you know, we've been together. You know, like Eric and Mocha, Gino. I mean, we've been around, like me and Eric go back 30 years. And, you know, Mocha and Gino, we've been together for so long. It was kind of like a perfect blend. It just, we blended together and we all wanted to do the same thing. And I think it's, you know, it's working out pretty good. And now that I have my a new addition of my cousin, Larry Sumner, um, 27 years old, and he's just. You
1: cut me off of the past. Go ahead, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. He is just amazing. He is nothing short of amazing. No. And seriously. I was going to say, I, mixed flavors to me was damn close to perfect, but I think Larry just shoved you over the edge.
2: He, he, he was the icing on the cake with yeah. the cherry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the first time I got to see him, yeah. and, 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 and Mocha yep. wasn't there, and I'm thinking, where yeah. the hell's Mocha? i think, right, Mocha, where's Mocha? Right. You know? Oh, no, right. he's not feeling good. But Larry, I got to experience Larry Sumner for the first time, and I was just blown. My hair, which I don't have any hair on top of, (laughs) the stuff on the sides was blown back. Yeah, he was incredible. Oh yeah, and he's and he's just like everybody that is that I've been exposed to through the greater Lansing area in the blues, personable friendly, yes. oh, yeah. down-to-earth, yes. not We're, full of himself no, no, even no. a little bit, and he, he certainly has the right to be. Yes. Oh, no, he's very humble. Um, Don't get a swelled head, Larry. I know you're listening.
2: His, <laughs> his his roots, his family, they are, you know, this very strong, tight-knitted, um, you know, his dad, God rest his soul, you know, was very instrumental in his you know upbringing, his yeah. musical career. His mom is just, they're so humble, so they raised him right? I mean, he's just a very personable, you know, young man, you know, outside of being so talented. He's very grounded. It's hard to find musicians like that. You know, when you're that good, your head kind of swells. He's he's
1: old school, isn't
2: he? He's, oh, he's an old soul at 27. Yes, I agree with that. And I tell him all the time, I said, dude, and he knows the history. That's the thing about, you know, his dad brought him up like that. And it's just amazing to be that young. I said, you know, I always tell him, I said, Man, I wish I had an inkling of the knowledge that you had at twenty seven. I mean, I was just young. We just wanted to play rock and roll loud. And, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but that was a different era, you know. Yeah. In the seventies.
1: <laughs> now, I gotta shift gears a little bit, but we, we certainly agree with uh with Larry being part of the team and I mean that with all my heart. He is a he's a wonderful member of Mixed Flavors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I need to shift gears, as I said. And your lovely wife Lisa told me I absolutely must ask you about your extended chat with the legendary BB King. Ooh. Um, I can't even imagine how that unfolded. Um, how in the hell did you get away with it? <laughs> Tell me. I want the details. Well,
2: <laughs> back then I was. Board member with the Capital Area Blue Society. I think I was board member like 10, 12 years, something okay. like that. So we brought him into the IH, uh, IHM Theater Arena in East Lansing, in Michigan State. Wow. And so, you know, my job was to be the host, and we put together this welcome basket for him. And when he came in, you know, um, I spoke with his manager, which was his son, his, his road manager, and said, well, you know, I'm here representing Capital Blue Society who brought you guys in. I asked him, I said, did you receive the basket we sent it over early? He said, yeah, Bibi, you know, receive the basket. I said, well, you know, I'd like to do, you know, an interview with him if that's possible for Cab's, you know, newspaper. Sure, so he said, come back behind stage at the end of the show, and we'll take you in the green room and meet him. So we went and did the show, and um, I think that was his 80th birthday, And went through the show, and so after the show, we went back behind the stage, and the manager took me back in the green room, and B.B. was sitting there, and I walked in, you know, shook his hand, hey, Mr. King, you know, um, Bill Malone from the Capillary Blues Society, and also a guitarist, you know, Old Town Blues Band, and blah, blah, blah. So he said, all right, come and sit down, and all right. So we're sitting and talking, and he's just talking, telling all the stories and everything, and... You know, after, I think I sat there for probably 45 minutes with him talking. He happened to be a diabetic. I'm a mm-hmm. diabetic. So we're talking about airplanes and golf. We, we hadn't even gotten into music stuff because everybody asked the same questions everywhere mm-hmm. he goes around the world. And so we're talking about, you know, airplanes, the golf balls, and, and me being a, I said, well, be. You know, I'm a diabetic. So, how do you do this? You know, what hand do you prick? So oh, I never prick, you know, my money hand. I always use my other hand. So he was giving me tips and, you know, diet and all that good stuff. And so I'm looking at so well, B, you know, and there was a line of people standing outside waiting to, because he was doing a meeting <laughs> greet. Yeah. And these guys were, you know, they and they were all my friends, you know, out there giving me the finger and everything. Like, dude. <laughs> giving you know, me a stink eye. Yeah, all. Oh, because <laughs> they figured, you know, I'm taking up all the time. And so I get up. I said, well, <sighs> B uh, said, you know, you have a line of people out here that, you know, want to be. He said, look, son, let me tell you something. He said, I played 90 countries. I played for kings and queens presidents, all the royalty, he said, when I find a audience that I enjoy and I love and want to entertain, he said, don't worry about those guys. I will meet every single one of them. He said, you sit back down. So he took a liking to me, and for the next hour, I sat down with him.
1: So wait minute, you, weren't, you weren't with him for 45 minutes. You were there for an hour and 45?
2: Yes. And trust me. All the time I'm sitting right next to him talking to wow. him. Every I'm looking at the you know, all my friends outside, oh, they were really giving me the finger and the stink oh, eye and they were man. pissed. You know, long story short, after I left, he did meet with each and every one of those. That guys doesn't out surprise there. me. But, you know, and so at the time uh, you know, we're talking, he was giving me just, you know, all kinds of pointers. He said, Yeah, you know, there's a there's a lot of young, really good guitarists out there that play real fast and, you know, all this. And he said, but what I try to tell these young guitarists is, you know, you have to learn how to phrase each note that you play. He said, that's how I developed the vibrato. He said, I'll take one note and I'll massage it. I'll go up and down and up and down. He said, I'll tell a story with one note. I'm like a a sponge. I'm sucking all this in. Now, I had just bought a BB King three thirty five from Ooh. Elderly Music. Oh, so
1: you got that right? Yeah, I, oh. I, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs>
2: so you know, after giving all these tips and tricks and everything, I remember after the show, after we left, it was probably about one o'clock when I left. You know, Michigan State, um, and still working at the state had to be at work at seven thirty in the morning. I'm two o'clock in the morning sitting on my couch with my three thirty five taking all these notes that I just acquired from BB, and readjusted my whole game. So all my licks, I just went through everything and just started, you know, massaging and doing all the things that, you know, BB had, you know, told me about. And I thought that was the greatest lesson I'd ever had from my mentor. I mean, to actually meet, you know, one of my mentors, you know, I never got to meet the Jimi Hendrix, Or even see him because I was too young at the time, but to meet BB King and I'm into the blues, so who else from the master to get these life lessons? Oh man, I thought this was the greatest thing ever. And then I went. So I've never been a writer. I went home and I had to write an article for the Cavs newsletter. Man, I wrote this like three page article. In the cabs, New, which I never was a writer. And I mean, all this was just flowing out of me. And I'm just typing away. And oh man, it was the greatest thing ever. Um
1: see now you're gonna make me go and find Yeah, you gotta find I've that you gotta figure out yeah. what episode or what uh what edition that is in.
2: Oh man, I can't remember. And I, I had because I've moved so much, I know I have the newsletter I think I showed Lisa it's somewhere here in the house cuz I have a picture with BB and I remember I kept that picture on a hard drive um on one of the state servers you sure. know uh, and I have it out there somewhere but it's it's really cool so this was you know in the night this was on a Thursday night well frog was you know, has this Thursday night jam at the mm-hmm. unicorn. So I was trying to get BB. I said, Oh my God, this would oh. if I walk over there, oh, Frog would no. just have a, he would have a fit if I walked in the door with BB King. So he had a cold that night. And he wasn't feeling good. He said, you know, if I wasn't feeling as good, and I think the next night they were going to Kansas City, he said, I, I need to go home and rest because you know we have to they're on the bus and they have to drive to Kansas City. He said, Otherwise, if I was feeling a little better. I would go with you over there. I was like, "Oh my God!" I thought, you know, man, this would be the greatest the opportunity. That uh, all opportunity was because yeah, you know yeah. at that time we had all the artists that would come into town would always come over, you know, for the Old Town Blues Festival. Who's ever the headliner would always come down the street, frogs, you know, jam and sit in and play, and we just have a good time. So I said, "Man, if I walk in here with BB King, okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: this,
2: this, this would be sure enough catch me out." But he wasn't feeling good that night, so.
1: We didn't wow. get that opportunity. What a cool story, man. Yeah, that is that great. is so neat. I'll never forget that. <sighs> and like I said, I need to go find the uh, the edition yeah, of the uh, newsletter. Yeah, yeah. And I made a note for myself here to do it because I did find um, I did find a, an article that I actually posted on Facebook when you joined the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that one. Okay. So it's, I know it's going to have to be after that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I just need to dig around a little bit. Yeah. But, so- it, we are quickly running out of time, believe it or oh, not. Oh, man. Isn't this crazy? Wow. How quickly it, it goes? It does. All I got to do is turn you guys loose and let you talk, man. This is the fun time stuff. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so describe your, your creative process when you're writing music. Is it lyrics first? Is it music first? How do you, how um, do you approach it?
2: Usually it's, it's music. You know, I always have to rely on my wife for the lyric because she is a, a writer. You know, she's an English major and writing is her jam. So she always comes up with the, you know, the lyrics and she writes these great poems and just, just words are her, you know, her thing. So I do the music and she would do the words. Um, So music, even the two songs that I wrote, um, Root Doctor on the last album, uh, well, the last two, um, they just come to me, you know, in my head, like probably most, you know, artists in the middle of the night, the licks come to me and you, and and you get up and try to lay it down.
1: Tempered by B.B. King, somewhat. Oh, yeah.
2: And find it. um, Well, then, you know, our cell phones, you know, had the recording device on us. So you just, you have to kind of capture some of it so you won't forget, you know. But usually that's how I do it. I do the music first.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Any advice that you would have for aspiring musicians that are listening to the program today? Any sage advice?
2: Well, my thing is, you know, just like I've always learned, you know, do your homework. You don't go out there and just wing it, you know. If you're going to do something, make sure you, you know, do it right. Give it the love, that, you know, because music is, is all about love. It's a feeling. So, you know, you have to have that feeling and you need to, to nurture it and you need to make sure you hone, you know, your, your craft to be the best you can. That's usually what I tell you know, musicians. Very cool.
1: Bill Malone, it has been an honor and a privilege to have you here on Time Signatures today. I, I can't tell you uh, how much fun I have had listening to your stories and especially the B.B. King story. Lisa, I thank you so much for putting that nugget of, of information in my ears so that I would ask about it. Absolutely. But we have got um, we got so much more. So much more out there that we can, might have to bring you back
2: again sometime. Sure. Oh, this will be an honor to do it.
1: Well, definitely an honor to have you here. We would like to thank everybody for listening, and um, we will see you on the next round.
0: Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.